Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your Scarlet Witch, aka Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me today is Sparky's punted corpse, Adam Sass. Hi, Adam. We're here for our WandaVision recap. I, it's not over. I reject that. I'm, I'm editing <laughs> that out. Yeah, of my head. Um, <laughs> no, it's not over. <laughs> it's not over. I'm just gonna like. Be, I'm just gonna be like a weird um, Marvel bro, like conspiracy theorist, like the whole time watching Winter Soldier, um, <laughs> just being like, no, 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 no. I know. I, I heard rumors on the Reddit thread that like Wanda's coming back in this episode. <laughs> no, 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 we're getting Monica this episode. It's gonna be great. No, it's gonna be this episode is three hours in. long. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So help me if I watch these if, if I watch these Falcon Winter Soldier episodes and they're like an hour fifteen each one. <laughs> I will absolutely be not okay every time. Um, all right, so let's introduce our guests. We have got three Titans today. So uh, first is Sword SVU agent Stephanie Williams. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. It's good to have you back on. Um, and then we've got Agatha's eyebrows. Kirsten White. Kirsten, oh my gosh. <laughs> two, two WandaVision co-hosts finally <laughs> together again. This is great. Purposely kept apart by Ian. Now we can't be, <laughs> can't be divided anymore. Um, and then last but not least, we have the beat up box set of the complete Dick Van Dyke show. Brett White. Hey, Brett. Uh, Hi. Plus intros, everyone. Yes, top four. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're here to recap Wandavision. I know we all had strong feelings about the show. Um, I wanted to kind of get everyone's like your kind of overall thoughts when you finish the series. I definitely felt differently when I finished the finale the first time than I do now. Um, Kirsten, what was what were your like thoughts at first when finishing the series? Um, you know, we texted about this because we texted about everything. Yeah. Um, well, nothing that matters, but everything that actually matters. Um, and I, I really liked it. I was really happy with it. Like the overall show, um, was what I wanted it to be. Um, and I think I'm, t- I'm also coming from a place where I haven't delved deeply into any Marvel comic arcs. So I didn't come in with all these expectations of like, I want to see this character. I want this thing to happen. I want, you know, this thing to be explored or introduced. I just wanted Marvel to get a little weird. And they did. And um, I liked the emotional heart of it. I thought the acting was phenomenal. Um, I'm so glad that they, they took full advantage of my, um, long-standing crush on Katherine Hahn. Um, yeah, like I just, I'm ha- really happy with it overall. I thought they did a great job. I was watching the behind the scenes thing today and my husband was like, is this another episode? And my daughter's like, yes, they went extremely meta. <laughs> I, was like, oh, man, I wish they had. I wish they had made the making up as another episode of WandaVision because they could have. But well, They really yeah, could have. <laughs> they really could have, right? Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I just... I, f- I felt like I went in wanting to have fun watching it, and I had fun watching it, and I've got no complaints. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, what do you think? So after watching the finale, I was like both sad and irritated. Um, <laughs> irritated because of kind of what happened with Monica in the finale, uh, but sad because I actually you know do care about Wanda vision and all of them and overall like I still very much enjoy the series because it did get weird and also um you know <laughs> even though I'm here because all these people that uh Wanda 
you know, has affected um, and need my counseling. Um, I did enjoy the fact that, you know, Wanda finally got, you know, her Avengers disassembled or House of M from her perspective and, you know, knowing what her motivations and everything was. So regardless of whether I feel Wanda is, you know, good or bad is irrelevant. The whole point was the show was about a woman who had a ton of grief, pain and trauma, let it fester. And unfortunately, um, you know, not only did it harm her, but it harmed others that had absolutely nothing to do with it. So they accomplished that. And I love that they did. So um, overall, I still very much enjoyed the series. Cool. And Brett? Oh God. Uh, Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's really, uh, I've never had an experience with a show like this before where it feels, um, exhausting thinking about it and talking about it because it just was such an emotionally, uh, resonant, pertinent, applicable, <laughs> like to my own experience right now in life. <sighs> so... Uh, yeah, if for for a fun sh- for a fun show that was just like a trip through the sitcoms, like even that stuff, like really emotionally gutted me. I mean, I cried watching the making of thing, just watching how they shot in front of a live studio audience and like the care and accuracy and respect that they gave that art form, which mm-hmm. I never see. Uh, it just made me. It felt, I mean, it felt like I'd come home. I, I got to interview Jack Schaefer, the, the head writer, uh, and it was via Zoom. And so like when, when she logged on, she saw behind me my X-Men wall, my comic book wall. She was like, oh, I like, oh, very appropriate background. I was like, oh yeah, the other half of my office is all sitcoms. And then I just like turned my laptop around. And it's like, there's my Cheers poster and my, <laughs> you know, Bob Newhart stuff, my B on the wall. It's after Mary Tyler Moore. And she was just like, oh wait, oh my, oh my God. Are you, are you kidding me? You, you, this... <laughs> I made this for you. And I was like, yeah, I guess <laughs> like full circle moment. So yeah, that's really sweet, Brett. I like, yeah, that. yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a thing. It's like one of those, like, I don't know when I will ever be able to rewatch this because it was so, uh, emotionally, uh, cathartic and draining <laughs> in a way. Fair, so, fair. That, that's, that's the sign of a good thing. I think. Yes. Yes. Uh, Adam, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of a little like a, a little sampler platter of everybody's responses here right now. Where like it was like I'm I'm such a like X Men and sitcom geek that this was like really this felt like weirdly spookily made for me. Um, and 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 Brett, you 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 like posted this kind of wonderful piece the other day about um, it being kind of the most overtly kind of queer show even though there was like a, a, like a direct queer link in the text like it's it, it kind of is starting to feel the queerest here which is just again was fully unexpected and appreciated and I think that kind of adds to that emotional residency um yeah I was I was it was the first thing I would do every Friday morning and I don't know like when I'll have that emotion again but it was really nice that it happened um but then also like and I but I loved the catharsis of the final episode, but I feel um and we'll get into this when we kind of break down stuff, but um I did feel that it robbed like everybody but Wanda and Agatha of like a a, a kind of a closure moment, even though they were like very, very important characters and it felt um there was a feeling of like, why are you rushing this? 
Are you out mm-hmm. of money? Are you out of time? And I think a lot of it was, I, I know some of it was to blame on the pandemic, um, you know, that they had to do certain things a different way. Um, I know kind of a story came out afterwards about that there was a much different ending um, involving uh, Monica and the boys and um, Darcy looking for the dark hold in Agatha's basement that was shot. Am I remembering that correctly? It was, it was filmed, but like it required so much CG and they were literally working on the CG apparently like two weeks before the end of the, the thing. They had to rearrange everything. Um, so that makes me feel very frustrated because that, because I, I love a shenanigans moment and that sounds like wonderful shenanigans with like all the characters that I loved in the show. Um, and then, and then, yeah, like, you know, like, um, like Stephanie said, like there's Monica was really planted in, in, in one spot in town and just like, she was like, like she literally was like in this one part of town of town square and, and wasn't doing too much, even though we had like in episode seven, this like really big, hero moment or like walking through the um walking through the 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 hex and and everything and it it did feel like um she kind of got forgotten about so it's i I would say close to perfect yeah i think for me uh the last two episodes started to slow down just like a little bit too much well okay that's the last episode didn't slow down The, the the second to last episode slowed down a little too much and then it felt like we went too fast for the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, so while watching it, I kept thinking of, and this is annoying because right, this then I feel like I'm that annoying fanboy because while watching the finale, I just kept thinking of, wait, where's Darcy? Where's Wu? Where's Monica? Oh, that's all those guys. Ca- like, that's it. Um, and I just kept thinking of the show was so precise with pausing on details and pausing on everything. Um, that it felt weird to suddenly not to pause on anything and to like it. I mean, I think if like this had been a standalone movie, I probably would have enjoyed it. Cause it's like, Oh, we didn't get the previous stuff. And sure. These characters are coming in and out, but for like a show that had given us so much time with these characters, it felt weird to spend so little time. Like Monica was the main character of episode four mm-hmm. and like Darcy and Wu were like the second to main characters in that episode. Right. And like, it felt weird for those characters to suddenly do nothing. Um, and I wondered, so, but I still loved the series. Like I, I don't think I've ever immediately loved a series as much as I loved this show. Um, you know, uh, Stephanie and Brett, you, you were both on for our episode on the first, well, the first episode, but the first two episodes that dropped. And like, I think that like the first four episodes just felt like honestly perfect to me. Um, I went back and watched them last night, actually. Um, And I just, they still hold up. I don't, I mean, I don't know a better run of like TV episodes. And while, you know, I'm saying I didn't love the last two, I still think the series was just so well done. You didn't love the penultimate episode, which is the most emotionally, like, (laughs) it's like the best hour of TV I've seen in years. I I think with the second to last episode, it was very, very emotional. But like, the thing was like, our brains kind of were very trained in these other episodes to expect this sort of other flavor that was like maybe fully missing from that episode where it felt more straightforward, like house style Marvel than <sighs> anything else. I mean, that episode just touched on, uh, that's like my autobiography essentially. Like as soon as, 
they said, oh god, I, uh, it's like talking about it's just gonna make me cry. <laughs> like, like, it's like, Jacobi, I know. Yeah, yeah. So like just like <laughs> sitting down. The reverence paid towards the tradition of families getting together to watch television together. And like the shows that you do that with are like these gifts that your parents pass down to you via Nick at night and stuff. And like that made me, that just made me lose it. Um, but then like the, the storytelling of that episode is just so good. And I don't know, go read my recap. That, that has all my thoughts. on it. I can't get into it. is very good at, Ugh. making you feel here's here's my emotional arc watching that episode was pretty close to because like it it the the episode made me feel her loneliness because mm-hmm. we're coming off of Endgame, which is 300 people you're seeing everybody everybody's here all your friends are there, and i was like what do you mean she was 100% alone going into the sword facility? <laughs> like it, that, that was sort of the, I mean, and the, but like, I, it was right that they did that. Like it felt like, um, this is how like, s- like suddenly isolated you feel when you're with your, your grief um, or your depression or whichever. Um, and like when she's walking into sword, like just kind of knowing everything that, you know, everything that she'd gone through, but even like all the people who, you know, kind of fought and died to, you know, to kind of at an end game. Um, and then to just kind of be left with this. All right, now, now what? And it's like, yeah, she's just like coming in on a lunch break, like just to see this body. It just was so lonely. <laughs> the and most think, high stakes. Yeah. Can I speak to the manager moment? <laughs> it really was like, <laughs> right, right. So like, it was just, it just felt so lonely. And I feel like that in a way, like, colored my view of it because it was like because the whole rest of WandaVision had been so in in a way it was like thematically perfect that it was leaving me colder because it was like all of this other sitcom stuff and exciting clue stuff and you know stuff with their family and the funny stuff and you know and the and the gags and the reveals and, and everything and then you just like here's every it strip out all the way here's what's underneath that and that's just like this very mundane sad robot graveyard body like and i mean i i I do get that uh i mean i still i mean right kirsten for our episode on that i even though i didn't love it i still like it's not like i hate it i still like had good things to say about the episode yeah um and i i do think the the thing i can say about this show is it almost always landed every emotional beat Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i don't think there was i don't think there was like an episode that didn't make me at least tear up <laughs> um, <laughs> if not even just for like i think of in the episode two that i i still think of this as like one of i mean it has a this show has a lot of very good scenes but one of my favorite scenes is the emma caulfield elizabeth olsen um help me Rhonda playing scene mm-hmm. and that scene like made me like tear up just as it was like fuck this is so good like holy shit the way they like did the creep factor and you know, in the behind the scenes special, they say they like tried to riff off Twilight Zone angles and like specifically mm-hmm. say that. And they did a really good job, I think. It and it like, you know, I mean, Adam mentioned Twin Peaks a lot during talking about this season, and I mentioned Lost, and I think it had a lot it like, even though the show wasn't an homage to either of those, it had a lot of the feelings of those shows, which I guess could lead back to Twilight or Twilight Zone. Um Yeah, I don't know. I I, I the yeah, I still I still really loved it. Um 
And yes, I read all of your recaps, Brett. Uh, I recommend anyone who's <laughs> looking for recaps to go read Brett. And also, Brett and Stephanie both had like two of the like best pieces. I would read all of the shit y'all wrote about this show because there was like so much. I feel like you both also have a lot of feelings about nerdy shit, like I do. So, and I always like reading both of your pieces. Um, but okay, so. Stephanie, you mentioned Monica. I figure we'll get into some of the characters. Um, Darcy and Wu, for me, like had the biggest like letdown because they really like. I think they had like Darcy has one line in the finale, and Wu has like four. Um, Deborah Jo Rupp has more lines. Than yes, which Darcy. is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing love Jo Rupp, but yeah. Um, I I mean I I do want to point out that like it is all COVID like I mean I yeah. think that that like um I want them to release like the scripts because I would love to see what was originally written because I think like mm-hmm. all of our problems with the finale comes to the fact that they shot all the outside town square shit during COVID which I actually thought that they had shot most of it and it only shot like the end but no like the magic scene the opening of the 70s episode the entire end battle was all shot during COVID and I honestly think it's just like Kat Dennings didn't have the availability <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, and so it does suck that I don't know. In a way, it's like I give the show a pass when we're talking about like character arc stuff just because it's like no, they wanted to do it, but they couldn't and they couldn't help it that they couldn't. So therefore, it's kind of like, well, we can't. I don't know. It's kind of like on Drag Race, how some of the girls should not have gone home because the makeup that someone else did was worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's another discussion. <laughs> I say, don't. Yeah, yeah, don't get everyone riled up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I just wanted to, I don't know, put that in context, because again, et cetera, et cetera. We'll see. Yeah. Even <laughs> with um. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, even with that in mind, um, the stuff that they just, the lack of imagination um, for Monica, because you set up, like, you gave her a villain. That villain was Hayward. Um, and it took CGI for them to have the bullets pass through her. And that annoyed me for a couple reasons, because um, one, you set up, the show that the twins could handle themselves and disarm all of the agents. And they did. Um, and even when the bullet goes right past her, Billy stops it. Um, to me, it would have been at least would have tied her up just a little bit neater if she would have been able to confront Hayward head on because she had been on the receiving end of microaggressions, misogynoir from him, some a little bit from Wanda, but you know, her beef wasn't with Wanda. It's always been with Hayward. And she wasn't even given that, but she's given this empty imagery of her stopping being impervious to bullets. To me, it's more literal that she is on the receiving end of literal bullshit from Hayward, but only is able to deal with it passively instead of actively. And that really bothered me because you made it a point to make this character so so integral to the story and also a through line to Wanda paralleling their grief together. In episode seven, you have Monica give this very passionate speech to Wanda after fighting her way through the hex because she is so hell bent on helping this woman that she understands and can empathize with. Um, 
And it's a really beautiful moment. And she kind of gets through to her. And then Agatha comes in. And that's totally fine from a storytelling perspective. Um, But then you have her say that she wouldn't change anything because, you know, her grief and her pain is her. But then to turn around in episode nine, when Wanda needs the, you know, go on and be free moment, Monica is telling her, yeah, I would have done the same thing, given your power. No, you wouldn't have because you just said in episode seven (laughs) that you would not do it. So it's just um, the nuance. um, And I know that Jack Schaefer wouldn't know that she was just, you know, putting Monica on the receiving end of things that it would be considered misogynoir because, I mean, that's just what happens when you have a Black character, a Black woman character there. That's just inherently going to happen. And that is okay. The problem is, is not understanding what that experience is like and how you would actually want to respond. So it just robbed Monica. And to me, that that finale um, undid a little bit of all the work that they put in. Not a lot, um, because I still love everything that they did with Monica, but it was, she got the same treatment her damn mama got in um, Captain Marvel. And they killed her mama on top of that. So it just annoyed me because it's the lack of understanding of, hey, if I do this thing, you know, it has a it has a broader meaning than that. And if you want to have a broader meaning because you are telling you you are telling a story about grief. So you understand that those that are watching are going to have different takes and they're going to understand this. So you also have black viewers who are watching this um, and just the impervious black superhero to bullets thing pisses me off now because it just feels very empty because what does that even mean? Right. That's fair. And I mean, you had said this too, Stephanie, on our Monica episode, how like, it's like they had already done that. And like, I, yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying about, well, like, I, I like, yeah, I, you know, with Luke Cage, it was like a big deal, but it's like, oh, we're doing it again. And we're doing it on like a side character that we're just not going to do anything else. Like that's her moment. And like, uh, well, it's also weird because like, well, Luke Cage's skin is bulletproof. Like that's literally how you would describe right. his powers. Monica transforms into different types of like light and radiation. Like that doesn't really have a correlation to like stopping bullets. It's no, such a stretch. And, and the thing is, somebody saw that in Mighty Avengers, Al Ewing's run, because they they actually had that specific panel where she's walking towards fire, um, you know, being fired upon and the bullets pass through her. So the moment I saw that, like, I knew that was a thing. Like, I know someone, <laughs> whoever was like, hey, I read this thing. And did you know that Monica do that, can do this? All right. So <laughs> let's put this in. So that, I mean... Again, like when I saw it, I just, it was just a deep sigh because like they had showed us that they could be so imaginative with the way that they treated these characters and just to kind of go for the lowest hanging fruit, like really disappointed me because you didn't have to, but you made that decision for other factors, which I mean, (laughs) if misogynoir is afoot, then so is fuckery. And I knew that that was probably going to (laughs) happen. It's so interesting. It's interesting what you said about um, the kind of lack of um, confrontation she gets with Hayward, because as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, because like so, so much of uh, Monica's story in this show is about her grief over her mom. And then like Hayward's very like 
being the director and then doing like highly legal shit with it and then firing upon her is really like the ultimate betrayal of Maria there. Like, so there like weren't even any words exchanged about that. Like that was, that's, that's a grief and a betrayal, like on the same level as the entirety of Wanda's arc, which was explored under every rock and, and, and surface. So and he talked shit on her mom to her when he was like, oh, I'm glad you weren't around because you wouldn't have been struck. Like, oof. Oh, he oof. was Billy Zane in Titanic level. Like, every fucking <laughs> thing he said, it was like, shut up. Like, <laughs> and, like, it's not, it's not Monica's show, but the point is that they made it a point to, like, really involve her in the story. So that tells me that you're not really – she's a side character, but you're elevating her. So when you get to the finale and that, you know – that uh, closure falls short for her specifically. It's, it's just it felt a little different. Like I'm still salty about Jimmy and Darcy, but I can forgive that a little bit because of COVID. But mm-hmm. even still, um, you know, just a little bit of more ingenuity. But then again, I mean, they did what they could. But that that Monica part is just like that took CGI. So yeah, you could have thought about it. Yeah, like. Because, I mean, you're right. I guess it, there's like an aspect of it not being her story. So, but there's also an aspect of they elevated her to not just side character, but like one of the main characters. Um, and I, I even think like, okay, so if we want her and Billy to fight, because I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot in like what I would have wanted. I, we could have gotten it. You're right. I mean, they use CGI, right? If we're going to use CGI, just have like her and the, like maybe she's helping the twins in a final battle. And that's, we get more of like a fight there going on while Vision's fighting other Vision and while Wanda's fighting Agatha. Like we can have like them taking on the military instead of it being just Hayward with one gun. Do you want to uh, hear my annoying writer? Here's what I think they should have done thing. I, I love hearing that, Kirsten. Yes. Okay. And, and again, this is me saying, you know, I love the series, but yeah. So. <laughs> Because, you know, you're exactly right, Stephanie, in that, that that she had an antagonist, right? Her antagonist was Hayward. Everyone has their antagonist in this final episode. And so to, to just sort of throw her in in the middle of Wanda's fight didn't make any sense. So what they should have done is they should have had the kids saving the townspeople from, like, falling debris from the big witch battle in the sky, right? So that gives the kids something to do with their power. And then they should have seen the gap, and Darcy should have come and picked up Monica and they drove for the gap and they, they confront Hayward before he ever gets in because he's not Wanda's antagonist. He's not the threat to Wanda. We never feel like he's a threat to Wanda, right? He's a threat to everyone else. And so, so Darcy is the driver. Sorry, Darcy, that's all you get to do. (laughs) But she gets Monica out and Monica using her new incredible powers prevents Hayward from going in and being a factor in Wanda's very personal battle, right? Mm-hmm. So she prevents Hayward and the the soldier guys from coming in, and then Wu, meanwhile, has used his power of stealing a cell phone to call him back up, and it all comes to a head outside before Monica goes back in to see if anything else needs to be done, right? Because then you get you get everybody is fighting about it's it's the Stranger Things that they do so on stranger things where everyone has a battle that is personal to them, but that is also reasonable that they would be the ones fighting that battle. Um, Cause yeah, I just, I, I mean, and I get it with COVID the way they had to restructure things and it did end up with the Marvel people flying around in the sky, shooting different colors of light. Like, okay, fine. But, but yeah, I agree. They really, really underutilized Monica and didn't give her 
the hero moment that she earned and that she deserved. Um, so yeah, that's that's me being like, well, if I were writing it, <laughs> I like your version a lot. <laughs> well, how dare you? How dare you not include Mister Fantastic coming in to save the day <laughs> and Doctor Strange popping in there with all the mutants? Just, just couldn't care less. Just couldn't care less. I mean, I will say uh-huh. I do love X Men. I would have yeah. liked a hint that that was a backdoor into allowing X-Men <laughs> to this universe. Um, and I do have serious questions about Ralph. And can't Agatha just give people straight up incredible mutant superpowers? In which case, like, dang. Makes <laughs> <laughs> her even cooler. Is he still that powerful? Like, I don't know. Um, because the show probably doesn't know either. So... That's another thing I wanted to discuss. Uh, Ralph slash Pietro. Um, Brett, I want to get, what did you think of that, like, twist slash reveal slash non-reveal? It was great. That was exactly what it should be, because I, when when all was said and done, the dust cleared, I was very, very certain that this was Wanda's show. It was all Wanda. And the fact that the entire time we were all looking for other things. Like we wanted Magneto. We wanted Mr. Fantastic. We wanted a Dr. Strange cameo. And I don't know, in retrospect, it's like, oh, that's very misogynistic. And like, it's like, we want all these men characters to come in. We want Quicksilver. It's like, no, this is Wanda's show. She's always been overshadowed by Quicksilver in the comics. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) give her her own fucking show. And so I like I, I like that. I thought it was very smart. I think it, it also answered the question that I had the entire time when I realized, wait a second, Agatha lives next door. How the hell did she? Well, in episode seven, when she realized, when she, or I guess it's eight, when she reveals that like, she's she was like, I felt a lot of magic going on here. So I came here. I was like, wait a second. She wasn't already living there. So how did she get that house? And revealing that it is this dude's house was like, that's, ties up that mystery i love that um i'm now really want a spinoff of whatever ralph bonner's life is that he <laughs> owns a house a right he's like 30 <laughs> and owns a house yeah um i also had as a, yeah passed as an actor and now presumably agnes brainwashed agnes still thinks that's her house <laughs> like are they roommates now <laughs> Like, I, I did think that, Brad. I was like, this 30-year-old twink has a house, and look at me. What am I doing with my life? Yeah, I'm like, he must have invented an app or something, or no. as a trust fund kid, or... This, this guy is in Jersey, so this is where... This is his family's house, and, like, he was trying to make it as an actor in New York City. Mom, only living relative, dies, leaves him the house. And he's just like, he's like, all right, this isn't going well. I'm going to bunk it up and back in Westview. <laughs> I thought you were going to make it a little too close to my story. They'd be like, he went through a breakup. He and he's back like going to write a podcast about some old show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, uh, Stephanie, what do you think of the uh, Ralph slash Pietro thing? Oh, I- I was actually okay with this. Same, similar yeah. to like Brett, I thought that was like, you know, the best thing that they could have done because why do we need all these men to pop up? Because mm-hmm. again, Wanda deserves a spotlight, all of it, good and bad. So it definitely needs to just be, you know, some guy um, who was wearing a beaded necklace that 
Um, <laughs> he clearly was wearing before Agatha, you know, put the spell on him. So <laughs> it was definitely okay. <laughs> Jersey, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a very like misleading choice for them to cast the X-Men Quicksilver. Um, but also, like, the devious part of me is like, that's hilarious. That's exactly what I would have done just to be a jerk. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and it was a really fun thing when Monica's like, your name is Ralph, and you're like, Ralph! Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought they, I, yeah, I thought it was great, and I agree. Like, I did not want male superheroes to swoop in and impact the story because we didn't need them. We already underutilized Monica. Um, we certainly didn't need, I, I don't know, all, the, all those guys you were listing that I definitely know who they are and what they're called. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I do mostly. Um, that, there's that one guy. He's really fantastic. That's his power. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, well, I, I thought it was really clever and I and I liked that Monica solved it. Um but yeah, I'm I am I have a lot of I have a lot of lingering questions about Ralph. Does he keep those powers? Is he now yeah. a superhero failed actor? Well, I think that he I think that when she took off the necklace, maybe I think the necklace was giving him powers or it was controlling know. him. So maybe the powers are tied to the necklace. Maybe. So now he just can't wear that one puka shell necklace. <laughs> uh, I, I did like when you think about this, when you think about the reveal, though, it really is Evan Peters literally is the only actor they could have got to do this specific plot that was so integral to the show. Because like, as Agatha says, Pietro's body is riddled with holes and like she's not into you know it's too far away for her to resurrect him if she even could do that. She's like, I don't want to do that. And so for the audience, because if they just cast Joe Blow and he shows up and Wanda's like Pietro, all of us as viewers are like, oh, well, that's obviously not Pietro. Like, mm-hmm. we are now ahead right. of Wanda. We're ahead of the show. So, like, they really lucked out that there was another Quicksilver out there. And so that is what got it made us. We related to Wanda in that moment. We weren't ahead of the show. We weren't ahead of Wanda. We were in it. And I think that that is why, like, it had to be him. And no one else, or they just had to scrap that entire plot line. Cause I don't think it works if it's just um, like uh, Clark Duke or someone else from kick-ass. That's, that's fair. Um, Adam, I forget. I know we talked about it cause we talked about that episode, but how did you feel? Didn't love it. Um, I got it. But like, I, I, I guess if we're running out of time, I guess like it, it here's the thing. All of this sort of finale talk ends up turning into like, like the whole previous like seven or so episodes were, were like, how do they do it? Oh my god, they're mine. They're this. They're that. And then the final two episodes turned into more usual Marvel. Like, well, here's what I would do. All right, I, I guess I understand what the limitation. Like, all I saw was their limitations versus like the oh my god, like the ingenuity yeah. as Stephanie was talking about. But um, with this, in general, storytelling wise, I'm always i always favor um something being a thing versus something being not a thing and it was a trick and you you felt yes. right like it, yes i think for whatever little moment of like oh this is this is ralph like kind of cute button like you're getting with that i think long term it makes episode five suck more yes um which i love episode five episode five is my creative zenith for the show it's the episode where you get like 
the '80s stuff. You get the the, the like the twin stuff. You get um, Paul Bettany's Emmy submission, TBH. Right, like, like yeah. yeah, him like the fight they have. You know, the Wanda dragging that missile out of the hex and throwing it at everybody, <laughs> and that her flicking her wrist at everybody. It's a perfect episode. And that included the, oh my God, Quicksilver at the end. Now that we know it's a fart, it's going to make that episode <laughs> like, oh, it's... Mm, mm, I don't no. know. I don't think like, it does. I think that it's still... Because like that is basically Agatha's wrecking ball. We now know that that is her uh-huh. big gambit we now know that she's sitting right. out in front of the front lawn drinking wine with sparky <laughs> so like, maybe it is yeah, it's true maybe um, maybe slot uh, that image in when you're re-watching it right uh, <laughs> right but like it would it even like they didn't have to like do a whole like poltergeist portal into the next dimension and professor x comes out and is like come back <laughs> with me quicksilver to our dimension this isn't right um which would have been cool <laughs> But um, as an end scene, I wanted that now. Thanks a right. lot. Right? He's like, "This, you're not, you don't." But just one final little Patrick Stewart moment for the road. Um, <laughs> he was with us 20 years ago. He was the first voice we ever heard in this in this oh, other X Men universe, and I would have been a cute. cute <laughs> no, this is really sending me because Nightcrawler, when he teleports, goes to another dimension. So, like, what if it was this one? And I don't know, like, Quicksilver got dropped because he was talking shit. Of like, <laughs> yes. blue furry charming man keeps appearing and disappearing all across the world. That would have been <laughs> fabulous. Yeah, I think that would just any sort of like because again, other shows kind of do like that's a really solid A to B to C storytelling there. This was the show that was like flipping everybody. Even people who the MCU had lost, even this, even people, you know, who were never in on the first place, people who didn't let my dad watch, never seen a Marvel, nothing in his life. Watch this because he and I had such a, Brad, this is where you and I are connected because he like, loves dick van dyke and the walnuts episode is very important in my household and like you remember growing, so like literally when they're watching the walnuts episode and the stark bomb is everywhere and i'm like crying and my husband is just like what is wrong with yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is this moment you're having time traveled in your head i um, want to I say something really quick about right. the walnuts thing because i want to make sure everyone says when wanda says like it's ep- season two episode 21 and then everyone or no it's episode 20 and then everyone uh, like buzzfeed and stuff was like well that's the thing they got wrong because if you go to the list of episodes it's episode 21 you count the pilot and, yeah it's stupid not, <laughs> what they did was if you go to the dvds they were put in production order and not air date order and if you go by production order it is the 20th and when i discovered that i was like i know if if it is simple as going to wikipedia and figure out an episode number the wandavision writers are not going to get tricked by that like and so and i found that so everyone the show was just uh way too detailed right there that Uh, kind of detail that suddenly when it came to when it came, well, when it came to Monica, there were a lot of details. Yeah, <laughs> you asshole. I'll let you know that like almost every single episode, I've like mentioned your recaps, and I was able to say that in our recording for that episode. So I was like, well, actually, in Brett White's recap, it says <laughs> I wanted. Right. Unfortunately, my Dick Van Dyke DVDs are in storage, so I had to like go to the Amazon listing and like look, and then I looked at production order and blah blah blah. Right. Just <laughs> tell me they're in some ratty old suitcase. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's where they should be the bottom point. um yeah so like again like so even my dad like watched the first episode um so, so i feel like the, the the type of 
storytelling we were sort of used to not to be like well they really should have kept that up but like that is kind of why that was the letdown because it's like well yes that is a more pedestrian choice um, to have it be schmack I mean, I and Adam, like you and I, love Lost, and Lost had a lot of things that went nowhere. Oh, Lost but- on a <laughs> Lost did in like six over six brutal years what the show did over nine episodes because they were like they would build so much stuff up and then they would be like, "How is this weird that the fans thought that would be a thing?" I was like, "You kept showing the close up of yeah. the phone saying that he was texting the astrophysicist." What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> and just it's just so bizarre watching like people like kind of be like, "What are you talking about?" That was that's people really read into stuff, and I was like, "You." purposely made that a clue <laughs> right like don't say my aerospace engineer contact and like wink at the screen every single time <sighs> you say it and then be like oh no that was, we were never supposed to name that person that was just aerospace engineer was the name of the friend i'm sorry you thought that i'm sorry you thought it was 1400 yes. I, I, sorry you thought it was two thousand dollars i clearly said 1400 yeah i don't know like call me the conspiracy theorist but i honestly do think that kevin feige means for that to be reed richards but has not told anyone because, you know, he wouldn't. And so, like, when the director and all that are like, no, we don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Feige keeps, like, texting them, make sure you say aerospace engineer again. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you actually freeze frame it, like, Monica's, like, lips are dubbed over. Like, she clearly says something else, and it's just, like, aerospace engineer. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I mean, I, for, like, I, mean I, 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 here's the thing. If we're getting some Snyder cut of whatever the hell, like, we need a... <laughs> post-pandemic cut of mm-hmm. everything. I want to take all that footage of them trying to find the dark hole in the basement. I want to just dump all that WandaVision money they, they, they got from all those, all the ratings they got, you know, beating Bridgerton or whatever, and just pour it into whatever they need to do to finish that stuff. And I want to see that version. I want to see the finale <laughs> we we're going to get. <laughs> now we're going to all be like, mm, give me the Snyder cut of this. That's uh, going to be my <laughs> Why thing not? from now Apparently on. that's not uh, <laughs> online abuse. Apparently, that's um, what they should do. Yeah. <laughs> they should, um, because they're doing that what if anthology on Disney Plus. They oh, should yeah. take. <laughs> they should Never take happened. the script and animate it and make it an episode it. of what if. Ooh. Like what if? Yes. What, if what if we had done the finale how we wanted to? Yeah. What <laughs> if? <laughs> but my what if for one WandaVision is uh, Monica getting her powers because someone put the Tesseract in the microwave um, and that is how she ends up getting her powers as sword because she was working in accounts receivable. That is the one that I want. The microwave. <laughs> she didn't know it was in there. She put her, she put her cup of soup in there. And didn't. Like, what is this? Oh, someone's jello still in there. <laughs> she's, eating, she's eating like neon, neon soup. <laughs> she's busy. She's can't, she's not looking down. Uh, but so I will say, I mean, I didn't, I, I want us to move on from Pietro, but I agree with Adam. I, my biggest issue is a lot of, I feel like online has been either like, Oh, I can't believe this didn't live up to my theory or people being like, Oh, people only didn't like it because it didn't live up to the theory. But I'm like in the middle where I'm like, well, you kept dropping these hints. Don't give me a, it's not, it's not an Agatha Christie novel. We don't need red herrings. There's no, like, especially when the mystery was pretty straightforward. Um, that's, that's the thing that bothers me the most is, if we want it to be straightforward, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't give me like 85 red herrings and then be like, wow, that's wild that you thought it was going to be something different. Um, because like, I don't know that for me. We were so befuddled lo- the entire like season 
didn't yeah. need those to keep everyone's interest. Yes. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to be like, who is Emma Caulfield going to be somebody? No, she's not. Right. Um, like, like that was a weird thing to just be like, yeah, that was a red herring casting. Cause like, what, what does that even mean? Red herring cat. That feels like that. In it itself would be like, is it's like Julianne Moore was the next door neighbor and they were like, mm, I'm sorry. You thought she was going to do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, but I do want us to move oh, on. I want to talk about in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the twins. Um, Stephanie, you wrote a really good explainer. So what did you think of Stephanie wrote a really good explainer for <clears throat> Marvel.com. Um, what did what did you think of the way the twins were portrayed in the series? Um, for some little babies, just fine. Um yeah. and although low-key, I did want the baby hands thing to happen. Did you did you hear in episode three, after they give after they're uh, delivered, the doctor literally says, Oh, you've got twins on your hands. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Stop yeah. It. Yeah. I didn't know my coworker noticed that and I was like, Oh my god, that is awful. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So for listeners who <laughs> okay. don't know what the hands is, what's the hand? What's the panel so we're the, talking about here? Yeah. All right. So um, this guy who goes by Master P, not the rapper, Master Pandemonium, um, <laughs> <laughs> like breaks into Wanda and Vision's home on the Avengers compound because Tony Hark- Tony Stark has a lot of money. Um, anyway, he storms <laughs> in. Uh, he takes the babies, and it was actually Mephisto all along because <laughs> uh, Master P thought that the babies were a part of his soul. They were not. They were part of Mephisto's soul. So um, I don't like he, Mephisto gets his, gets the babies. um, And then Agatha destroys him and the babies and then wipes Monica, I mean, uh, Wanda's uh, memory. And then, you know, they just keep going on and White Vision is there uh, doing absolutely nothing. yeah, I if people kept bringing up the baby heads, and I was like, "There's no, they like cannot do that." <laughs> <laughs> well, at the, like, the post credits when when we go to like Wanda's little tiny house, I was like, true. "We're in the mountains. Are they going to show Bova? Are we getting a cow lady yeah. at the very end of this?" Because <laughs> I was like, "That's a big swing." They didn't do it, but they. No. <laughs> but like for Billy and Tommy to be introduced this way, I love it because, um, you know, hopefully this leads to the Young Avengers, which will be nice. Um, those kids got to get reincarnated some way. So, um, and we got to see their powers too. And yeah. also them like really interact with Wanda, which I really love. So um, for me personally, like I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, Brett. As our other comic expert, what did you think of the portrayal of the twins? Well, the thing that I like about the MCU in general is they like look at the comics, which are like, okay, oh boy. Uh, and then they really <laughs> <Yeah>. synthesize. <laughs> like, I'm, like, that's one of the reasons I love Captain Marvel the movie so much is because they took one of a, a mess, an origin of a mess of an origin that's been yeah. messed around with two or three times. They streamlined it perfectly and then timed it to in the comic books them fucking with her origin again and i'm like guys you just did a movie that got it right why are you making her half kree all of a sudden um so i like that they figured out a way to 
to take uh you know a thing involving master pandemonium with baby hands and uh the literal devil <laughs> and that creepy panel of both the twins in the bathtub and they look like oh they look like peter dinklage <laughs> or like they they have like John weird Byrne can draw babies or John... um hands. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so put babies on the hands two bad things um <laughs> so i think like yeah for for that and then you know ending their goodbye was Heart wrenching. Um, unacceptably sad. It was like the me. Titanic. Like, I oh. couldn't. <laughs> You're right. I couldn't get through. It. Like I like on the third rewatch, I was like, I still have to leave the room. Like I left. Like, <laughs> and then Billy knows because he can read. You yeah. know. Yeah. So, and so like ending. Think, like, he also knows that. They're off to be in some different dimension. Like, does he, does he have that much like foresight? No, okay. I, I hope maybe. So. This is I keeping know. me together. Well, because I mean, he knows wherever he is, he knows that they need to be calling for help. True. So, because that's you know, I might mm-hmm. I do wonder like how much multiverse of madness is going to is Wanda going to mention her uh, disappeared other dimensional maybe demon soul twins or anything like that's. That'll be a test. Think, we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I feel like Sam Raimi is like, and then we're showing the the kids in hell. Is that where? All right. <laughs> but oh, hell with one L. Okay, got. It. <laughs> Sam <laughs> Raimi um, had uh, <laughs> Peter Parker's Aunt May um, get bl- almost get blown to bits while praying. <laughs> so he absolutely will have those kids. Yeah, no, he's yeah. This is going to be the drag me to hell guy is going to be like let's put, put the MCU's first like F word characters like, in hell and and this, uh, this cool mom's got to save him. I think that's a pretty good story. Um, <laughs> their cool goth mom's got to come. Their cool goth mom's got to save her little her little queer boys from hell. It's great. Um, <laughs> But uh, honestly, though, that sounds like a story I would love, though. Like, really, oh, you say I'm, it like that? <laughs> I'm containing my excitement for it because I'm worried I'll get too like, that's what's going to happen. And then, like, they'll be only right. like in it a little bit. And I'll be just like, mm, I was waiting. I was waiting all year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kirsten, what do you think of the twins? I mean, I'll be honest. My only context for the twins is that I follow um, our friend, Anthony O'Hara on Twitter. <laughs> and so I see random panels of random comics and I'm like, oh, those are characters. Um, <laughs> those are characters. Like, from your mom point of view, I was like, oh, thank goodness they skipped past the baby stage because the baby stage is awful. <laughs> like, oh, babies are wonderful. No, they're not. They're the worst. I don't want to watch a show about babies. I don't want to hold my nieces and nephews for more than 30 seconds. Babies are terrible. I have three kids, by the way. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, ah, that was really smart of them to just bump them up to an age where you could get decent kid actors. Um, And then I thought they did a great job. They were cute kids. Their storylines were were fun slash sad. Um, The end scene was appropriately devastating. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, divorced of any context, um, they still worked really well as characters. So good job, guys. Mm, I thought so, too. Um, All right. Let's talk about Agatha slash Agnes. We're here. Um, (laughs) We're queer. We're talking about Agatha. (laughs) 
<laughs> Talk about Agatha. Really clear in the room, Agatha. <laughs> yeah, uh, she. I think she is maybe my favorite Marvel villain now. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If we're excluding um, all of the like Netflix stuff, which, hey, it's out of continuity now because there are now two Darkholds. I love that they just slid that in there because the Darkhold was a major part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Isn't it just the same one, but they're not going to ever say it's the same one? It's not the same. It looks completely different. See, I thought I thought that was just like, oh, they're giving it a makeover for the I, big budget show. Yeah, but I also well, also, y'all know S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't handle the blip. No, it did not. So. Mm-hmm. Surely Je- did not. Jeff Loeb yeah. made that decision, y'all. <laughs> not Kevin Feige. <laughs> anyway. Wait, really? I don't mean like Jeff Loeb runs Marvel. He ran Marvel TV. So like, yeah. you know, he's the one that was like, no, we're not going to have half our cast disappear or even talk about the fact that half the people are gone. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And now people are getting mad at Kevin Feige for ignoring Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Whatever. <laughs> well, I hey, I still <laughs> like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought... It was a show. I would love for them to validate it by having, you know, some of them come in and out. And the fact that the Avengers still think Coulson's dead, like, always bothers me a little bit. It's <laughs> never revealed that he was alive. <laughs> this man helped bring them together, died, and then came back to life right away. But everyone else just thinks he's dead. Yeah. And that's like, whatever. Cool. Um, I mean, the fact that he was even in Captain Marvel makes me think maybe they'll bring him into something. But that was like such a weird... Well, whatever. Um, But I think Agatha, I just, she was so dynamic, even as Agnes. And I mean, you know, I kept, I kept thinking of that meme that I saw where it's like the surprise Pikachu and it's like everyone, oh, we know Agnes is going to be Agatha. Everyone, Agatha all lawn plays and then like the surprise Pikachu meme. Cause like <laughs> they made us excited for a reveal that we all saw coming, which is bonkers to like, I feel like Pulling that off is impressive to say the least, right? Like everyone saw it coming, you know, from the first episode of recording, we were talking about her being Agatha Harkness and then she was, and we were all still like fucking blown away by it because it was so good. Um, just level that worked really well though um like adam you were talking about watching this with your dad who's not a, a marvel fan mm. it because it worked really well if you know who agatha harkness is and it worked really well if you don't because it was still this moment of like oh so she knew and she was doing this the whole time and she sold yeah. it so well so even if you have no context on who agatha harkness was it still was like such a great reveal and i think that's one of the things that this show does so well that's really hard to pull off. Like I had to do that when I, when I wrote um, Slayer, which is set in the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is you have to write something that is appealing to hardcore fans, to casual fans, to people who are vaguely familiar, to people who have no idea what the world you're setting it is in. And, and it's really hard, right? It's hard to tell a satisfying story on that many levels. And I feel like with Agatha – um, they really did. They pulled it off. Um, like I, I have another friend who who really hasn't watched many Marvel movies at all. So I had to like be like, oh, by the way, Vision's dead. So that's why this is even weirder because she didn't know. Um, <laughs> but she loved it. She loved WandaVision. And like and and yeah, like I think that's one of the things that I'm most impressed with with the series is that it worked on so many levels because it was just good storytelling. You know what? I I was going to that was going to be one of the things I asked you, Kirsten, specifically because I know that I like you. I actually really like hearing your perspective as like someone who is like 
more distance from the comics. Like, you know, you know, the comics because you were just online and I feel like you kind of learn stuff just like the same way. I know a lot about Real Housewives, but I don't really watch the show, but I see the gifts. So like, I get it. Um, (laughs) But I, I, because I kept thinking that it was, but I wasn't sure if I was biased because I do have a comic background. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, my mom kept asking me about it. She was like, what's that, that new superhero Twilight Zone show with the witch I like? Because my mom, <laughs> 74, she can't remember anyone's the fucking name. I like. But she <laughs> this is my destiny. This is what's going to happen to me. It really is, Adam. It's 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 74. TikTok. I, it's <laughs> maybe another year or so. Like, by the time, we're, we're going to hit phase five of, of Marvel, and I'm going to be like, ooh, now who's, now who's that girl I like? And she's Just, 50. Yeah. Who's that girl? <laughs> Yeah, because my mom likes her because she likes when she came in at Endgame. My mom doesn't remember any other context for Scarlet Witch other than she fought the big purple guy and took him on with her laser powers. So my mom yeah. likes that. It's yeah. a good moment. It's a good moment. <laughs> I mean, it is a good moment. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but so like, my mom was asking me, and I was like, I don't know if you'll like it, but I, I think she would because like, you can... If you like watch them and you're a casual fan, I feel like then you get it, right? Like I yeah. feel like that's enough background. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a credit to the show, right? Because mm-hmm. they're putting a jillion years of comics. You know, Agatha's been around forever. Scarlet Witch has been around forever and Vision and their history is so... Uh, but like, I feel like that's a storytelling achievement if you can like pack all that in but still make it accessible to a new viewer. But they did a great thing with that because I think like, I feel like like what I was going to say about the twins is like also like they did the same thing with Agatha, which is like they got the basic building blocks. Like, yes, Agatha is normally like a mentor, but they've set her up with the like DNA that she could be a mentor in the future. And mm-hmm. yes, right. they super simplified the twins' origin story. But when we do get to Wiccan, he's going to have all the same like recipe ingredients he's going to need. He's going to know that like, is he real or is he not real? And he's going to have that whole like arc ready to go. He could still do that without needing to get into how detailed you want that origin story to be. So I think they do a really good job of like boiling down this mythos into something that's digestible, but not untrue to like what's like exists before. Even like Mm -hmm. vision as a character, because like vision as he exists in the MCU is like a one-to-one of how he is in the comics, because like in the comics, it's, the original yeah. Human Torch's body with Wonder Man's brain, but in the MCU, it's an Ultron, you know, fake skin creation out of vibranium with a Mind Stone. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you still get the Vision, and you know, the, in the comic books, he becomes White Vision because he loses the Wonder Man part of himself; it gets erased. Um, and then in, the, in this, he loses the Mind Stone. Like, they do a really good job of making it make sense, slotting it in, spinning all the plates and still knowing what's going on in the comics. It's really masterful. (laughs) It it really honestly is Mm. Um, because they do a really great job of that, especially with vision, even with like Wanda too. Um, Just kind of like really selling the point home. Like, Hey, this character, every time she's had like a glimpse of, I guess a normal life, it's been robbed from her. And that's exactly what happens in the comics mm-hmm. in way more dramatic fashion. Um, because it was actually Immortus all along. Um, but that's <laughs> way messier. But anyway, like He's they coming. really do a great <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but they really do a good job of doing that. Even with Monica, like I wrote about um how they 
did read her origin story and um, a lot of those early Avengers uh, runs with her or whatever, because they do a good job of synthesizing like her character and the fact that she would be like very involved with the story because she was very involved in those Avengers runs too. I mean, she like, what she debuts and is immediately like, well, I'm an Avenger now. And in like a year, she's like, well, I'm yeah. leading you guys now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I hearing Brett and Stephanie hearing you two say that, cause I feel like you two are very much comic experts. Um, I'm glad you would read me that. I thought they, cause I really was like, Oh, this is a pretty good job of like, we get aspects of others. You know, everyone has said it like, Oh, it was kind of like house of M or what, or disassembled. And like, you know, I like that it does have aspects. Like, you know, it's not a like you, like to use your phrase, right? It's not one to one, but they have elements from all of those different mm-hmm. stories. You know, and I kind of like that. Yeah, I don't want to know how the story is going to end. Like, that's what when when a new movie is announced, and I used to have to write these lists all the time at CBR of like five Captain America storylines that, that like <laughs> that are that deserve to be a sequel, and it's just like Marvel. They never do that. They have never ever taken a comic book storyline and done it beat for beat even civil war even age of ultron even they will name them after actual arcs and they will have nothing to do with those arcs like and (laughs) and and it always drives me crazy when everyone's like when wandavision was coming i was like oh you need to read house of m that's what it's gonna be it's just like (laughs) literally there is zero percent chance that any part of house of m can be a part of this like at (laughs) Like, it just made me so angry. <laughs> I love that you're but getting almost true. speechless. Yeah, and it's just like, you're oh, like I, heard it, I heard it so many times, and I'm like, no, y'all actually need to read the obscure, weird 1980s vision of wanting to go to the suburbs and celebrate all the holidays for a yes. year book. Like, that's what actually <laughs> it's based on. Well, I'm excited for that means then, like, when MCU is like, here we are, we're doing Dark Phoenix, and it's going to be like nothing like Dark Phoenix, but it's going to be as great. Long oh, as bless. they give me the Imperial Guard, that is all I fucking want is Gladiator. <laughs> I want a big purple Superman with a huge mohawk and cape. That's all I want. <laughs> it, it, it cut to me oh, and, and Ian's mom being like, oh, I love the purple whatever with the cape on. And the, and yep. Phoenix lady. You were going to say Stephanie? Yeah, I forgot the name of the guy, um, and I don't know how, but the guy in the red, uh, because I just love his really high boots and like his little headgear, um, he comes around too and is like the start of the Phoenix saga. I can't think of his name. Oh, it's Star- Red something. Starbolt? No, no, no. Um, it's an evil guy. Um, oh, Eric the Red. Oh, Eric Red. Eric the Red. Eric yeah. Red. Oh, yeah. see? I thought it was a fancy name and it wasn't. But nope, anyway, it's just like, Eric. I, just want, it's just I Eric. want Eric in the Red. <laughs> I would love that. Name. It's like this character shows up and they're just like, oh no, it's Eric. <laughs> <laughs> And he has this like horny BDSM outfit. Yeah, and it's like, wait, his name is Eric. But you, you know, the Marvel movies, they would just be like, Eric? Uh, okay. <laughs> We're doing <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, but so, okay. So I want us to talk about Wanda and Vision because I, I, Adam and I talked about this in a couple of the podcast episodes, how we both, since the series, revisited the end of Infinity War and how it hits. <sighs> it already hit hard, right? Like, that's, the whole ending is, I was a mess the entire time to see it in theaters, but now it hits even harder because, 
I think my love for Wanda and Vision was more like just transferred from the comics because, and that isn't anyone's fault other than like they didn't have a lot of screen time. So it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like them. Um, but this made me, I, I, before the only couple in the MCU I like actually liked were Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, even though they broke up at the end of season one of Jessica Jones and never got back together. They were the only couple that for me felt like there was a dynamic there, not mm-hmm. just like, oh, we're kissing. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> like this is a couple. Um, it's very. And they did that with, with Wanda and Vision. It's very not the MCU thing to be like, to have you this mega invested emotionally yeah. in couplings. Mm-hmm. Like usually it'll be intimate friendships or that sort of thing, but mostly there's a sort of like, it's a little chaste. It's a little, um, maybe not the most important part of the thing. Not going to dig yeah. into that right now, but like, um, there, um, there is a great article floating around right now, kind of about that, but it's more about like movies in general right now called, um, like everyone's beautiful and nobody's horny. So you should go, <laughs> go Google that and read it. But it's basically about how like you have all these actors who are on HGH and like super buffed out, but like literally all these scenes are like very antiseptic romantically. Um, um, also, also Paul Bettany in a turtleneck. Uh, sign me up. Uh, dad hair. Sign me up. All of that helped a ton. Um and it was nice to see them be horny for one another. Like, yeah. just the little moments. Get I the just lights. Really, yeah. <laughs> I really appreciated it. It um, reminded me of my favorite superhero couple. It's not Marvel. It's um, Big Barda and uh, Mr. Miracle, the guy who kind of looks like Vision, but is actually real. So, yeah. I like I really love those little moments and episode eight for me was a favorite because of the scene with Wanda and um, Vision like at the Avengers compound like that that messed me up and yeah. my son is like are you still taking me to the school I'm like no because mommy watched WandaVision before uh, it's time to go to school so no you won't be going <laughs> to actually show uh... Because what I love about the Marvel movies is they are so crowded that they they cast actors that know how to inject a lot of meaning and resonance into scripts that don't have it. And so you can cast mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, give them nothing to do, but they're good actors and they have chemistry. And when they're on scene, on the screen together, they're not saying much. They have maybe a second screen time, but you buy it. And so when you yeah. then go into... To have a show where you can then take those milliseconds and expand it out and give us the moment that is a one-two punch of Vision A, proving that he's more than a machine. Because his grasp of grief and humanity is way more complex and nuanced and emotional than it should be for, you know, Google Maps or Siri, essentially. And But to do the double duty of also showing that's when Wanda falls in love with him. And it's like, yeah, that is it's between yeah. Age of Ultron and Civil War. And like there that scene is. And if you watch it chronologically, like when you pick back up in like Civil War and Infinity War, you you feel it like it's just real good. It's just really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I and, and Stephanie, I do. I know I'm like I'm poo pooing that episode, but that scene definitely like I cried a lot during that scene because I mean, their acting is just so good. The two of them, I mean, like you said, Brett, it's wild to cast these two actors that are great, kind of do nothing with them, but people like them because they are, they're bringing, they're bringing more depth than would be there by a lesser actor having these five lines. 
And this is why what? John Krasinski is not going to be Mr. Fantastic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what Thank are we you. doing? Be more, be more imaginative. Like, what Thank are we you. doing? I feel oh my God, like now you. it's going to be like. It is the, that is, it's like the straightest fan casting I have ever. It's like John. <laughs> and people were excited and then disappointed that John Krasinski didn't show up in WandaVision. <laughs> that's well, straight that's, nonsense. That's because it's going to be our boy from Bly Manor. That's why. So everyone's yes, like, everyone's gonna get on the trolley with that. Yes, um, I, it better be. Yes. <laughs> also, like Vision um, own property, and that yeah. in itself is a turn on because mm-hmm. you know you <laughs> we have wealth, <laughs> so that is nice and like the cute little heart. Um, and like you get it, like you get why Wanda is fighting so hard for this sentient Hitachi one, right? Like you finally get why she was so upset when um, Thanos snatched his double A batteries out of his forehead. Like it's, you just get it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. especially after like running into um, Hayward. I want to say Hathaway. Especially going into, into Hayward, um, I was. <laughs> And Hayward. Yeah. But um like and he just uses all that dehumanizing language about him. And and it's just and it's just like I think maybe I feel like that was it. It was like it was way less almost that he was dead, and it was more that just like the kind of like last thing she's hearing before driving to this thing is just this relentless dehumanizing where it's like yeah, he's just a pile of vibranium and it's too expensive and you can't really, he belongs to me it's and not too you. too expensive yeah. to bury. Like, oh my God, like that's <laughs> so deep. Oh, yeah. That's what that, I really want to explore in like, I really hope we do explore this like in future things. Like, did Maria actually leave like kind of Hayward in charge of it? Like, like I feel like there had to be some, like there's some other thing at play. Like, cause he lied about so much other stuff. I'm wondering yeah, what else was happening with that. Cause he's did, so did, did openly he... like no. horrific. Like, because he chose that picture that they left, like her like little photo that they have up. I'm assuming mm. that he that's the photo that he chose in that wig. No, did no, he? He definitely <laughs> took from like, You would not leave somebody in charge that would pick that photo to be the one that you are forever immortalized. In. And also, so, that photo is no. like 20 years old at that point. I know. I'm like, like I'm she- pretty sure <laughs> she that's moved on from move. her Tony Braxton phase. <laughs> I was going to say, if I'm going to be memorialized, please do not use my, like, like, please use my, like, circa 2008 photo. Don't, like, <laughs> don't use my, like, use, use my twink photos. Please use my, we'll just go through my Twitter and every time they're like, what did you look like a decade ago? Just you, whatever that is, just earlier. <laughs> use that Earlier, <laughs> yeah. Um, Kirsten, what were your I mean, Wanda I love and them. Vision? Yeah, I love them both. I think they're both fantastic actors. It was really fun getting to see them have so much fun with the roles. Like you said, watching the behind the scenes was really was really entertaining and really charming. Um, that they both were so delighted getting to be part of this process. Um, but yeah, I just love them both. I feel like they both sold it. Um, Vision's confusion, Wanda's grief and desperation. Um, and then that, that, you know, that beautiful scene between them in the flashbacks episode is, I think, one of the most emotionally, uh, uh, you know, you've seen it. It, it, it resonates yeah. <laughs> with people because it's this moment of absolute human connection between two people who are 
more and less than human, right? Um, he's he's giving her permission to feel her grief, and she's validating that he's having appropriate human responses, both to emotion and humor. And like, it's so sweet, and it's it's such a little moment that does so much. Um, for building how important they both were to each other that, you know, we, we didn't get that in the movies. We got that. Oh, and suddenly they've been sneaking away and having a romance. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. They're both attractive. Right. People. Sure. <laughs> let's do this. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I, I love them. Their dynamic worked well. They're both phenomenal actors. And I liked that, um, that, you know, Marvel took this time to take two actors that it has not spent a lot of time on, two characters that it has not spent a lot of time on, and just give them nine episodes to be people. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, you know, a moment that I, I think I talked about this in our episode recording, Kirsten, is that the thing I really liked about that Vision and Wanda moment, um, I mean, one of you said this already, that it clearly is the moment she falls in love with him. I mm-hmm. like that they don't kiss in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, yeah. I, yes. I, the like muted sitting there is like, because especially when you're going through that, it's so important to have someone who can just like sit with you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's really important. And Vision's not worried about filling dead air or whatever. And, you know, she just pats her bed. She seems very childlike because like, you know, when you're super depressed, it's hard to do things. Mm -hmm. And she captures that so well. And I love that they didn't kiss. I love that he sits down with her. They literally are just talking about grief. And then, you know, he's like, oh, is that man injured? Is that why this is funny? And she's like, it's not that kind of show. They have their talk. And then he laughs at another beat and then is like, oh, is that what I was supposed to do? And she's like, no, it was funny. Um, It's just such a well done moment. I... That and the the like end end with them together mm-hmm. were like the parts that made me cry the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I like to like Vision fights with her. Vision challenges her on things, even though like he's technically part of the reality that she created. Um, she created a vision with agency. Like she wanted the full thing. She didn't just mm-hmm. want a cutter husband that would be you know, the sort of idealized vision, version, whatever, <laughs> that gets confusing, um, of what she had in her head. Like she created a real vision who would push back and who would figure out things were wrong. Um, I also really loved, I mean, I, I was really bored, I'll admit, during Vision's fight with white vision, like punching through each other, blah, 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 whatever, <laughs> shooting lasers. Okay, cool. But then when they resolved their fight with a philosophical discussion, I was like, yes, okay, good, yes, there's vision. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, like, and, and yeah, those actors are both just so good. And there were a lot of just amazing emotional moments that – that a lot of times in the in the frantic pace of Marvel movies, and I love Marvel movies. I've seen them all; they're really fun. But but you generally don't have those quiet moments in this show allowed for a lot of them. So yeah, yeah, and I I yeah, I don't know that I'm trying to think of another. You know what? To be fair, I do like Tony and Pepper. They are like a good, a fun couple. But I feel like their romance is just like more like wacky. Mm-hmm. MCU than like mm-hmm. like this was like a this was like a legit romance. I mean, I felt like there's right, a sincerity like, to this romance. There's yes, this, the the depth of the sincerity of this romance is one that you don't get a lot. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right. The sincerity that's what really drove it home for me. That's what made it a real romance and not just like okay, you know, they're saying silly things and they kiss. Sure, mm-hmm. like. 
and yeah, and I mean it. It wasn't that, and it wasn't Black Widow and Hulk, which was a mess. <laughs> oh uh, my god! He is going to jail for that. I know we're trying to abolish prisons, but like I want to just keep one open, one cell open. Because he has to go to penitentiary for that. I'm telling you, the rewatching the MC right now, it's like, damn, did they really try to put Black Widow with like pretty much all of them? Yes. At some point, like, like, Yes. I was like, we, we're doing another. Let's just try her on with everyone. Let's just try it on, see the fits. <laughs> okay, no, let's move on. What about okay, this? She's, one? Okay, she's <laughs> Tony's like g- giggly secretary. Okay, now she's <laughs> friend zone Hawkeye lady. Now she, okay. it was just like, oh god, it's like, what is her identity? Not to yeah. not to have the words poor Scarjo like leave my lips, but. <laughs> 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 but she did have to do a lot of emotional maneuvering there to to make all those work as decently. Yeah, yeah. it's but I, you know, I don't. I will defend Iron Man two to a point only because I think Hulk is worse. People always say Iron Man is two is the worst. I think Hulk is the worst. Oh Marvel yeah, movie. Um, but I also think people just forget about Hulk because yes. it's fairly forgettable. Um, but yeah, her like. At the time, I remember thinking it was a cool intro, but looking back, it's like, oh, this is not great. Like, she's just, you're right. It's like, ooh, she's like a hot secretary. Then it's like, ooh, the reveal is she's a hot girl who can, like, do some, like, cool fighting moves. But, like, it's more focused on, like, ooh, look, she's hot. That's, like, the focus of her character a lot. I want to go back and count how many times she does, like, the little leg lock throw, because I feel like it's a lot. It, it's a it's bit like, it's a bit it's a few <laughs> yeah. you could do a it's listicle like if, like, yeah it's like if me playing street fighter when i could like get chun Li to do the one move and then i just did it all the time <laughs> it works it works <laughs> it does i just want to count them though yeah it's funny even in like winter soldier when like they make uh jenny agatha do it and i was like i was like oh damn they make jenny agatha do it and i was like oh wait i forgot that's supposed to be black widow wait they have carol do it um when they go to murder thanos which i thought was funny too was like yeah, everybody yeah, I, gets a chance i don't like the ubiquity of it it should just be hers because it, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's her. It's her she owns, yeah. Yeah. Xenia Onatop is one of my favorite characters of all time, but I think she really did ruin like villain extresses uh, from like, from now on. It's like they all have to do a leg thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but okay. So we're going to grade the series. Actually, we'll do our favorite scene first. Uh, Brett, what was your favorite scene Jesus. in the series? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's such a huge <laughs> <laughs> fucking ask um uh jesus oh god i mean oh so like uh, uh obviously oh god them watching the dick van dyke show together uh, as children is amazing the uh, what is grief but love persevering scene is uh amazing i really love the family ties confrontation where they're flying in the house that is so yeah. good um i also just love everything about the first episode like all the the magic scene in episode two like it's i can't it's there's just <laughs> everything uh, is great 
Stephanie, you can name a few of your favorite scenes. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. No rules. <laughs> no, I'll name the one. Um, it's episode seven, Breaking the Fourth Wall. Uh, Monica breaking through uh, the oh, hex because it also plays off of Breaking the Fourth Wall. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think it's just such beautiful streamlined storytelling because you call back to, you know, her moments in Captain Marvel, um, which was great because it doesn't take you out of the, like, what's happening in the scene. Um, you have all uh, these different pieces of her or different iterations of her and her trying to bring it all together and like literally working through her grief um, to Mm -hmm. come on the other side of it, owning it and being rewarded with these amazing powers that I think she already had, but I just want to be very wrong about that. But anyway, uh, that is my favorite scene. (laughs) Uh, Kirsten? Um, uh, I mean, Obviously, I love the quiet moment between them at the Avengers compound, but like for sheer joy of of this show is so weird and having so much fun with itself, the magic show and like that he's playing drunk because he's got gum up in his gears inside of him. Like it was just so much fun and they were clearly having so much fun with the show. It was fun to watch. It was it was early enough that you were still like, I have no idea what's going on and I'm okay with that. Like it was. <laughs> It was a yeah. I think that was a that was a good moment in the show. Uh, Adam, yes, I do ha- <laughs> have many, 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 many favorite moments. So this is like literally just the one that's popping to the front of my thoughts when I think about the show. If you just say the words "WandaVision," this is the thing that pops into my head, and that's um, the Halloween episode. Um, Billy and Wanda in their costumes expanding the hex together, basically. Um, I think I really, really love the idea. I think kind of more what it like sort of meant to me in the future, possibly of like, I really would love to see future stories Wiccan aged up and still having scenes with, with Wanda where the two of them are using kind of their powers in tandem like that. I felt like that was a really, really, special moment that I was not expecting the show to go there to really give these twins any personality or story moments or see him in his facsimile of his costume. Like it was all emotionally a lot just because of what it sort of meant for the future and what it like kind of hinted at for the future, which was like, I was not expecting to see any version of a Wiccan costume. I was not expecting this kid to have any personality whatsoever. I thought he was going to be like a background kid. Um, And then to have that kind of moment where um, after sort of her rage um, in episode five to really get to see um, that very exciting kind of moment, which was still like, even though it was still toxic, you know, like it let's expand this boundary even further and engage even more people. Um, just sort of like really um, ingenious kind of story way where I was really not expecting like I was like how is Vision going to like get brought back in there's no time he's dissolving right in front of everybody and I was like oh my god I would not have expected the two of them to expand that barrier I thought that was sort of the height of their ingenious storytelling and then bringing in this character that means a whole lot to me um even as a kid version um in ways I was thoroughly not prepared for so that was an emotional high point I think for me, now I'm, I thought I had my one, but then I heard all of y'all's, wait, Kirsten, I didn't, did I ask you? I did ask you. You did. You did. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I think for me, it's 
I mean, that that Wanda and Dottie scene, I just I the like dread and the way that shot and like the like uh, everything about that episode, I think, is so good. But I really love that scene. Um, you know, Emma Caulfield and Elizabeth Olsen are both very good actors. They have the range and they just are going in and out of terror, confusion, back to like happy sitcom 50s lady. Um, and I just love that scene so much. But also I do love, I teared up when Monica pushed through that hex and I teared up again in our episode recording it because uh, Justin, who is a voice actor and has like such a good voice, him describing it on the podcast made me emotional, just like him narrating what happened. Um, and the like family ties fight scene I was such an emotional beat, which is wild to say that like, oh, this witch superhero and a robot husband fly in the air in their living room and argue. And it's very emotional, but it is. Yeah. Um, it is. And plus I, they had like the cool, um, she, she tries to shut him up by running credits over his face. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah. That is when I was like, this show was like firing and all like, yeah, like creative choices being made. Like it was, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's like such a good because like you kind of thought it might end there, yeah. but then they keep going <laughs> and they walk away from the credits, which is just bananas. And I loved it because it's at the moment um, where you're kind of most suspicious of Wanda because you've seen her really get yeah. kind of down and antihero dirty um, in this episode a lot of times. And then even then you can see like and she keeps saying like she's doing this for Vision, doing this for Vision, then Vision calls her out on it and says like, you can't just blah 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 to me, and then she kind of gets a little, little, little scary, and it's like, oh no! Yeah. And then she runs like credits over him. It kind of does speak. It did kind of really clue into the fact that like this was more about this was bigger than just vision. This was about so much more about like her total yeah. identity. Um, and um, I'd be amiss if I didn't also say Agatha all along was yeah. one of yeah. my favorite. Yes. I mean. The, it's like saying like chocolate chip cookies your favorite cookie. Like yeah. you just got it. Right. <laughs> so right. I that scene is just hands down like that. I, I mean, I love the show. I don't mean this is a discredit because it sounds lame because again, like you said, oh, of course everyone loves it, but it really is like it's such a wild thing to be like, we're watching this superhero show. This one is about witches in a fake sitcom in their reality, and this witch reveals herself with her own fake theme song montage is just <laughs> and so good yeah. and, and charts I, it that song yeah. charted yeah. <laughs> it's 34 <laughs> seconds long that, like it's something like listen that video i did of just the mcu folks dancing to agatha all along has gotten this podcast more attention than like anything else i've ever done <laughs> <laughs> like Eat entertainment weekly did a piece about it the view played it for Catherine freaking han <laughs> um so yeah i like and on you i put the clip on slayerfest 98's youtube and i think right before I checked today it has like 200,000 views, oh which is like oh, wow. more than anything I've ever done. <laughs> well, so you're um, a millionaire like, now. Um, yes. So yeah. Marvel's going to hire me <laughs> and or send me a desist. You're a millionaire. Yes. <laughs> Marvel's either going to hire me or send me a cease and desist. One of the two. <laughs> um, but like, it is just so good. And I think Catherine Hahn said on the view that like they did it in 30 minutes they recorded that thing mm -hmm. <laughs> which is wild um 
but yeah, so now we're going to grade the overall series. I definitely, I still give it an A. Uh, Adam, what grade do you give it? I, I personally, I, I can't give it anything less than an A, even though I'm like, I'm being super critical of like the, the final kind of bit. Um, there's just been nothing else like it. So I just, there's just, I mean, for me, it's always like, I, I'm always like, whether it's like any other show or movie or um, a drag race look, like I'm always like the ingenuity matters like way more than like the final execution, like down to the last letter. Like it, it's, if, if you're swinging big, like, and they swung so, so, so big on, on this. And I, I'm just very much like, it's just going to be remembered for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie. Um, I actually am still giving it an, an A, even though like Ooh, I want to, nice. you know, mm-hmm. send some e- emails, but um, it gets an A. <laughs> uh, Kirsten? Yeah, A, a as well. Um, you know, and, and some of the some, some similar issues with everybody, but overall, it was so fun. It did what it did so well. And it took some narrative risks, which by all means, let's do more of that in the Marvel universe. So I loved it. And I enjoyed yeah. every Friday getting a new episode. So yeah, hey, uh, Brett. Well, <clears throat> God, I had so much time to come up with something, <laughs> and I came up with a cough. Uh, I would give it an A plus if the finale had been what they wanted it to be, but instead, I just have to mm-hmm. give it an A. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm same. Like it only takes it to it down. an A. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it does for me. Like the finale takes it down to an A, which is saying a lot. That like. We're taking points off and it's still an A. Um, yeah, thank you all for joining us. I've had so much fun talking WandaVision on this podcast. And I feel like almost all of you, I have also talked about it outside of the podcast with all of you at some point. Um, and it's been fun. I don't know. I think at first I did want it to be bingeable, but now I'm glad that it wasn't because I liked being able to like talk about it for this long. And, you know, I you know, something like Agatha All On might have gotten lost yeah. in the shuffle oh, yeah. if it had been bingeable. Um, yeah. And we wouldn't have had as many, like, it just wouldn't, there wouldn't have been as much momentum behind the show if it had been bingeable. So many fewer gay memes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing where it's like, I mean, like, even within its own episode, like, very, very giant, giant stuff got lost under right different things because, like, literally breaking the fourth wall, like, we would have been discussing nothing but um, the Monica like hex walk. Yeah. If that hadn't right. been the Agatha all along episode, like it really was just like, um, you can't even believe everything happened in that one episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. I'm so happy. A lot of you stuck with the podcast with our WandaVision coverage when we pivoted, uh, to it. And, um, if you like the podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube and other corners of the internet. You can find us on social media at SlayerFestX98. You can support us on Patreon, which helps keep the podcast going. We get access to three to four monthly mini episodes of My Bloody Judy, our horror side podcast mini episode, um, and a bunch of other things. And any support is much appreciated. My personal social is at Ian X Carlos. Brett, where can everyone find you? At Brett White on Instagram and Twitter. And please go to decider.com slash either show WandaVision or author Brett White and just read all my uh, WandaVision <laughs> recaps because they're, uh, they're good. really personal. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> hey, guys, I got put in an antidepressant while WandaVision was running and it's all tied together. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's a very Brett. personal show. Very personal. 
It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at Steph underscore I underscore Will. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. And you can go to my website, WhySteph, W-H-Y-S-T-E-P-H dot com and find all my things there. Comics, stuff I've written, um, the whole thing. And if you have money, go to the contact part. And if you have a project and you have money, definitely go to the forums and send me an email. <laughs> um, Kirsten, where can everyone find you? I'm KirstenWhite.com. I'm on Twitter at, at KirstenWhite, Instagram at AuthorKirstenWhite, and also on the shelves of your local bookstore. And Adam, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Adam Sass, uh, on Instagram at It's Adam Sass, and then you can go to my website, adamsassbooks.com, and you can get my uh, young adult debut novel, Surrender Your Sons, wherever you buy your books. All right, and we'll see you all next time for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Bye! Bye! Bye.